And we thank you again this morning. And we are so happy that God has chosen us to proclaim the glorious gospel of God's wonderful grace. We have been speaking to you the past two weeks on the redemption. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. But uh, for the next couple of lessons, we want to take the other side of this now and show you in the Word of God why all of the, the well, the, the answer to some of the questions. You know, uh, when I was first saved, I thought that was a, it. Well, you never would have any trouble at all after that. But we don't know what trouble is until you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Until you have been saved by the precious blood of Christ, you know very little of the attack of Satan, for he already has you now. He has you in his own clutches, so why would he, uh, why would he trouble you? But it's after you have received the Son of God as your Savior then is when his vicious assaults come upon you. This we have chosen our subject this morning as our state and our standing. I would say that 75% of Christendom today knows nothing of the believer's state and the standing. Let me explain to you what I mean by the state that is our actual condition down here walking this earth while we are still alive. But at the same time, we have a standing in the heavens in Christ. We are safely, we are secure in the heavens by Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ and Christ in God. As we are told in Colossians 3.3, 3, your life, your eternal life is hid with Christ in God. Oh, what a wonderful security that God has given to every believer. Now, we want to, we want to take up this morning as to the future and the present. The future and the present in this standing and the state. And, uh, well, we might say position. What is our position now and our condition? It is God's work and uh, our work. And we have uh, the two spheres of the working, one in heaven and one in the earth. And then we have in view in this state and the standing eternity and time. What is the difference between eternity and time? We are living in time. This is all the finite mind, mind can understand. We, the finite mind cannot understand eternity on and on and on never to end. We can't understand that. Now, let us look at this. As to the present, in Ephesians 1-7, he said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of sins. We have now, this is present. But I want you to go with me to the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. And in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, we await redemption. Oh, but Paul, by the Holy Spirit, you told us that we have redemption in whom we have. That's present tense. We have redemption. And again in Colossians 1.14, he emphasizes this uh, greater. In whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sin. We have that presently. But when I go to Romans 8.23, he said, And not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. That is the redemption of our bodies. Well, you say, what's the difference here? The present right now, our soul has been saved. We have been redeemed. My spirit and soul is redeemed now, present. Ah, but my body isn't. And there will be the complete redemption at the resurrection of the body when the rapture of the body of Christ comes and the, uh, the ones that are asleep in Jesus Christ shall be raised and they shall be made like unto his body of glory. Then we'll have our glorified bodies like his, and this will be the completion of redemption. At present, the soul and spirit are redeemed, but our body awaits redemption. This is our state now and this life. We are redeemed and are standing. There will be the complete redemption when the trump of God shall sound and we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And we find the day of redemption is still future because we read in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and all this book of Ephesians is so precious. In the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians, and there he speaks of being sealed. We are sealed. Would you listen to this this morning? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you, not, he, uh, not it, but by whom the person of the Holy Spirit, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, what is he talking about? Ah, uh, beloved, he is talking about the redemption of the body. Now, the two-thirds of the redemption is already present. But the future, the other one-third, will not be until the resurrection. Again, I read in John 3.36, And there he said, Whosoever believeth in me hath everlasting life. He that believeth in me hath everlasting life. Now this is present. 
We have everlasting life now. We are saved now. But now, will you go with me to 1 Timothy? And in the 6th chapter and in the 12th verse. In 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter and in the 12th verse. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life unto which thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Ah, but you said we have eternal life. He that believeth on the Son hath eternal life. But he says, now fight the good fight of faith that we may lay hold on eternal life. Uh, I am living down here and my body is subject unto death. But my soul and spirit is not subject to death, the second death. Oh, no, that soul and spirit will not die because it is hidden in Christ, in God. And they cannot die. Now we are here in this body and this soul and spirit is in this body and so this body reacts and follows the instruction of the Lord and our programs about that we may receive the crown that God will give us in that day at the judgment seat of Christ. Then again, I want you to know that this uh, people have been disturbed by these things. We are now the sons of God. I go to the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, and in the 14th verse, and he said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Oh, but Paul, you say this in Romans 8:14. But in Romans 8.23 you say, And not only they but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, that is, the redemption of our bodies. We are the sons of God, but we are awaiting sonship. That is adoption. That is the adoption. And what is adoption? Well, we are not left to, uh, to know what the adoption is. He said, we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. That's when we assume that full sonship. We'll have a sanctified spirit, a sanctified soul, a sanctified body, before him a complete redemption and this is why he says we await the sonship that is the redemption of our bodies no again he tells us that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together. In Romans 8.20 he said, For the creation was made subject to vanity, and, uh, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. 
because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting the redemption of the body. Oh, beloved, uh, this, uh, why is the creation groaning today? Because it is holding the bodies of millions and millions of the saints of God. And these bodies don't belong to this whole earth. We belong to the heavens. For Paul said in Philippians 3.20 that uh, our citizenship is in heaven from whence we look for the Savior Jesus Christ. All listen, child of God. What a wonderful future. What a wonderful future that we have. The creation groaneth and travaileth because it's holding God's purchased possession. And these bodies were purchased on the cross of Calvary the same as our, as our soul and spirit. Although our soul and spirit has experientially been redeemed, but our bodies wait for the redemption. And the earth, the creation, will groan until it gives up that which belongs unto the Lord Jesus Christ he purchased it. He purchased these bodies. They belong to Him. And when He brings them from this old Mother Earth, ah, beloved, I want to tell you, He's going to give it a body that will never perish again, and no heartaches and no pains. There will be no rheumatism. There'll, there'll, be, uh, there'll be nothing that will age this body it will be the same forever and forever oh wondrous salvation do you understand this morning my unsaved friend what we try to give to you and the last two broadcasts on this redemption in whom we have redemption in whom we have redemption oh my unsaved friend this morning if you're listening in May God help you to get a glimpse of what will be in the future. If you will take Christ now as your Savior and have that redemption now, your soul and spirit being redeemed even now, then it gives a, a, a bright prospect of the redemption of the body reunited with the redeemed spirit and soul. Then we find again... In Colossians 1.13, that he hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath already translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Then I read directly opposite in Acts 14 and in verse 22. I want you to listen to Paul as he says in Acts 14 and verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Well, Paul, you said he's already delivered us from the power of darkness 
and we are already translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Oh, this is what causes so much confusion in Christendom today. They don't know the distinction between the state and the standing. Oh, yes, and the state, my body is down here, potentially redeemed, but not experientially. But my spirit and soul have experientially been saved. They are saved even now. But Paul said, through much tribulation that they enter in. Now, people have confounded. They say, they don't, no, they don't believe that there's going to be a great tribulation. They think that tribulation is all through life. Oh, friends, that is not the tribulation that uh, was spoken of by the prophet Daniel and uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ in that 24th chapter of Matthew when he says that will be the great tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. My friend, let me tell you, that is a seven-year period. And Jesus himself said that that last three and a half years that's known as the great tribulation, there was never a time like it on earth, no, nor ever shall be again. But the Christian experiences very much tribulations daily. And there he says... In there, we are already in the kingdom, yes. We have been saved. And in Christ Jesus, we are there, our spirit and soul. He holds us there. For he told us in Colossians 3, 3, your life is hid with Christ in God. That is right now where we are. That's our position right now as to the soul and the spirit but not as to our body. Oh, we come down here, and there is much tribulation. And uh, as my professor in Moody Bible Institute said, uh, Dr. Foster said, if you receive not the tribulations and the trials, I doubt very much of your calling. For whom the Lord calls, uh, he chastens, he tests them. And a person who received not testing, I repeat to you, I doubt very much of your salvation. Well, I've had the people that were more holy than thou said, but well, we don't have any of that. Well, I said, no, well, all right, then I doubt very much whether you're saved. And you turn to the 12th chapter of Hebrews and read it, and you see, uh, whom he loveth, he chasteneth. Now, does he love you? And if you're not receiving testings and trials, beloved, I doubt this morning that you have been saved. Oh, you better search and make your election and calling sure with God. Are you a believer? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Oh, if you do not, this morning the Spirit of God pleads with you to believe that Jesus Christ bore your sins on Calvary's cross. He paid for every sin. That sin death has been paid, both for your nature and for the deeds that you have done. Oh, that old hymn writer that wrote that, uh, the, uh, wrote that song uh, that uh, is not by our works, and he said, Be of sin a double cure. Be of sin a double cure. What is that double cure? Oh, Christ died for our sin nature that he might forgive the sins that proceed from that sin nature. 
Yes, we are already, as to our soul and spirit, in that kingdom. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son, where there He has hid our everlasting life in Christ, in God. But there in this life, all our spirit and soul are in contact with this body, and we're moving around, we're going to have in our state down here much tribulation. And then again, here is, oh, this eighth chapter of Romans, there's no end to the study of it. In this eighth chapter of Romans, we are already glorified. Listen to this. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. But look at the 17th verse of that 8th chapter of Romans. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We may be, that's future. But Paul, you said whom he, uh, whom he predestinated, he called, and whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, he glorified. I am glorified now? Yes. I am glorified now. Uh, but we, do we turn back to the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, the 17th verse, he's speaking of Abraham, and he said to Abraham, I have made of thee a great nation. And Romans 4, 17 explains what he means. Why, uh, Abraham didn't have a son then. And yet the seed, the seed of the woman was to come through Abraham. And yet he didn't have a seed. And yet God used it in the past tense. I have made of thee a great nation. And we don't understand it until we come to the fourth chapter of Romans, the 17th verse. And there he said, He calleth those things which are not as though they already were. And then again it is written, Once a thing goes out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that whereunto I have sent it. Oh, God said it to Abraham, that you're going to be the father of many nations, Beloved, it was just the same as done. And so it is now with the glorification. We are glorified. Whom He called, He glorified. He justified, He sanctified, and He glorified. But we will be glorified, He says, with Him. Well, you say this is a contradiction. No, it isn't. That's the difference between our state and our standing. Now this is the, uh, I say this is the contrast between the present and the future. That is what you call being and uh, coming to be. And as Paul said, having and yet not having. You know, I like the words, I, I don't know who the, uh, who it was that penned these words. He said, Faith brings the fullness of the future 
into the poverty of the present. Well, we hear people say, I'm just so happy. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. I'm, I'm just walking in the heavens. But that's just poverty compared to what that eternity will be. Oh, I ask you this morning, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know Him as your Savior? God pleads with you this morning. The Holy Spirit presents Jesus Christ as the debt payer, the one who paid our debt, our sin debt, and our sins debt. Yes, Jesus Christ paid that. Now then, you receive Jesus Christ today, this present, and you will have redemption now. But I want to tell you, beloved, you may be saved today, but I want to say to you, it is only poverty down here compared to the future. Faith brings the fullness of the future into the poverty of the present. We read in 1 Corinthians 15:20 that Christ is the first uh, is the first fruits, and it's given to His own even now the gift of the first fruits. Because in Romans 8:23, He says, "And not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit." Well, how do we have the first fruits of the Spirit? Ah, because Christ arose from the dead, and he said, Because I live, ye shall live also. And when Christ lived, uh, rose from the dead, beloved, we arose with him. Christ the first fruits, and he has given unto us the gift of the first fruits in Romans 8.23. I say again, we enjoy the present, and at the same time, it is not yet the fulfillment. I challenge anyone that is enjoying their salvation more than I am. I enjoy life. I enjoy this eternal life, but not to its fullest extent. But I am a happy child of God. Yes, I'm enjoying the present, but at the same time, it's not the fulfillment. In Christ, the new age is livingly present, and yet the old is not yet gone. Salvation is at once present and future, for it is eternal. All that we have, now we await. And all that we await for, we have. Do you see why the world thinks we're crazy? But how true this is. All that we have, that eternal glory in eternity, we're awaiting for it. But all that we're waiting for, we already have. What are we waiting for? Because God has spoken it, it's just the same as done. We're saved in hope. And the center of gravity lies in the past at Golgotha. And so I look back to Calvary this morning. 
Oh, listen, sinner friend, take a gaze back at Calvary and see that blessed Son of God hanging there for you. You say, why? Why was it? And the answer is you, me, every individual. He did it because he loved you. Can you spurn such love as that this morning? God help you. May the Spirit of God so attract you to Golgotha this morning and see that Jesus Christ loved you. Will you reciprocate this morning by believing and receiving Christ as your Savior?